It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope your day is starting off right. And uh, we've got a lot that we can discuss today coming up in the next hour. We're going to be joined by War 3 City Councilor Sean Oliver. He's going to talk with us because yesterday, while I was talking with uh, Jack Spillane, Seanine called in and she mentioned that when she called into midweek with the mayor last week talking about the need for Cottage Street to be swept with the street sweeper, that she, she didn't like the mayor's response. And so uh, Councilor Oliver sent a... App chat message in and he and he texted me as well saying, you know, I'm trying to is one of the things that I'm trying to do in the neighborhood meetings is I'm trying to push people to report things like this on the C click fix app, which as you know, you know, we talked quite a bit about that when it was first launched a few years ago when it comes to potholes, like where there were some really bad potholes that needed attention right away, the city would have you use that app to take a photo. And that would send it in to them, and then they would be able to go out and take care of that. And so uh, Councillor Oliver is pushing for that app to be used in a variety of other ways of how to improve your neighborhood. So he's going to join us in the next hour to talk about that. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls throughout the course of the morning at 508-996-0500. You did hear that story in the news from Phil Devitt that beginning today at 5 p.m., For a large portion of Ring Road at UMass Dartmouth, you'll no longer be able to park on the side of the road. You'll no longer be able to park between the Cedar Dell entrance road and the campus police station. You know, a little bit past that, the entrance road to the the dorms up uh, on that side, which is a significant portion of Ring Road and a place where... Anybody who lives in, in Cedar Dell, the Woodlands dorms, the new dorms that were built there, which the first time I saw those, I was like, what? <laughs> Where'd those come from? I, I guess it'd probably been, you know, 10 years or so since I'd been down there. But the, um, the idea is that they're going to be blocking that off and eventually creating a secured pedestrian walkway. And I was reading some of the comments that people had about this, that it's not just about, sure, this will certainly help. And having a protected walkway will, will, will definitely keep people safer as they're walking. But that the real issue is the speed and the distractions of the drivers entering into Ring Road. So it's not just about protecting the pedestrians from the vehicles. It's also about making sure that the vehicles are obeying the rules of, of Ring Road. And one of those, well, a couple of measures will help with that. 
the speed bumps that they're putting in temporarily and the speed tables that they will put in on a more permanent basis. Now, a speed table, if you're not familiar, it's kind of like, um, I think they have them in the Dartmouth Mall parking lot, just as an example. It's like there's a, a flat space, so it's it's less severe on your car if you hit it too fast, but it's more of a lasting, oh, man, oh, yeah, I better slow down kind of sensation that comes from it. So that, that will be something that will help. But better speed monitoring will help too. That, that's They're going to be installing permanent signs, monitoring people's speed. They're going to have more enforcement, more police, campus police checking for speeding. So the, all of those measures combined will help make things safer. But what's interesting about this is the vice chancellor, uh, David Gingerella, I believe is his name, who, who put out the email to the campus community saying that they were taking these measures, said... You know, we, this is this is due to pressure. This is due to requests from the students. So this isn't just the school looking at what happened and saying we have to make some changes. This isn't the school looking at what happened and saying we need to eliminate our liabilities. This was the campus community coming forward and saying we don't feel comfortable and safe walking on this road. And I went there in the 90s. I was there from 96 to 2000. So there, was, there wasn't the distraction of cell phones. In fact, I, I bought my first cell phone from a kid in the campus center. He needed gas money to get back home to California. And he said, do you want to buy this cell phone for 75 bucks? And I said, okay. And I took it down to the local cell phone company in Wareham and said, I bought this for 75 bucks. I don't know if it's stolen or anything. And she ran all the numbers on it and she said, no, it doesn't look like it's stolen. It looks like it's deactivated. But, uh, you know, he canceled his plan. But, no, you you can totally activate a plan on this if you want. And I, I did. And I carried it around with me everywhere. But I... I Barely ever used it because it was 50 cents a minute. But it was it was helpful to have when I needed it. When I, If I broke down, got a flat tire. Because, you know, usually my spare was flat too. But mostly we would use it for when my wife and I were dating at the time. And I would meet, her up, meet up with her at her house and... We'd start driving, having no idea what we were going to do for the night. And I'd say, you want to go to the movies? And she'd say, well, I guess we have to go all the way there to see what's playing. And I'd say, no, I can call. And I would call on my cell phone and listen at 50 cents a minute to the eight-minute message where I told you all of the movies. Cost more to make the phone call than it did to go to the movies then. But anyway, yeah, there weren't all those distractions when I went to, to UMass. But you know what? It was still just as dangerous with... Kids walking out in front and cutting across Ring Road. People, you know, whatever, changing the CD in their car, not looking at what they're doing, speeding. I mean, one of the best ways that they can eliminate problems is if they had more crosswalks. And that's one of the things that they're looking into doing. They're looking into putting in more crosswalks with flashing lights to let drivers know that 
there'll be people walking out into the road. So hopefully all of these measures help make things safer. It's a, it's, it's sad that it had to take a, a fatality like this to put some of these into effect. But, uh, I think that, um, I think that the ring road for pedestrians and for drivers will, will be a lot safer as a result of it. So you can read more about that at WBSM.com and on the app. Uh, also up there, I have a fun little article that I wrote last night because this, this caught my attention when I saw the Wareham police post it. And I said, I, I, I gotta, I gotta write something up about this because this to me is hilarious. They shared the police log from 50 years ago. 50 years ago yesterday, April 17th, 1973. And they they copied over all the text and they posted it into a post. And so I wrote it up for you to read and check out. But let me just give you, you know, you know there, there were some, you know what, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll save that because there's a caller on the line. I don't want to make them have to sit through that. Well, while I go on that spiel, but we will definitely talk about it because there's some some crimes on there that, that are uniquely 1973, I think. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hi, good morning. I'm interested in your uh, the speed bumps and all that. I listen very intently because uh, since forever almost, I have always been against it. I don't believe you should have struck any kind of driving or whatever. I'm trying to drive up. Um, you know, I mean, uh, you got ambulances, fire trucks, police cars, all emergency vehicles are obstructed by these things put there. And uh, I think I think we got to keep safety in mind as uh, community people. And uh, it is an obstruction to safety. It's very dangerous. And uh, I don't know what your opinion is. Uh, and, you know, I, should we just charge people with reckless driving and, and get them used to the fact that it's a very serious charge? Uh, no, because I don't know that that'll stop some people. I mean, I think speed bumps are necessary in some anybody. areas. I want to control it. I, I, I think... I want, um, I want to contain it. I, th- I think speed bumps are necessary in some areas. Like, for example, here in our building, if you head down toward um, where the Scrambler's restaurant is and you're going to go around the corner, like, toward AutoZone, they have speed bumps there to make sure that people coming down that straightaway slow down before they turn around because as you make the turn into our area, into our parking lot, there could be another car coming that way that you wouldn't be able to see. So they, well, they... that's wonderful because there we go. You're, you're talking safety. I'm all for safety. I don't see safety. When you put them in parking lots and stuff and everything, I've seen them around. We'll get into the details of who's got them right now. Uh, it's not about safety. They just don't want people speeding. And, that, you know, but the, the case you just cited is an excellent example of an exception that proves the rule. And I agree with you 100%. That, that's, very, that's wisdom there. That's wisdom. That is not harassment. But when you got fire trucks and things, and especially fire trucks where every second counts are an ambulance, uh, you know, ambulances do have communication now with the hospital preparing for someone to arrive. But the fire truck, it's you got to get there, and uh, I just I just can't see them everywhere. Uh, there's too many of them now. But the one you described is a perfect example of an exception. I, 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 I think using them on Ring Road at UMass Dartmouth would make sense too. I mean, that's a contain. That's not agreed. That, that's just an extension of the parking lots, really. That's that's just access to the you, parking uh, lots. You cited uh, two perfect examples that would be exceptions approvable, and that I think is the spirit of of having those, because those are those are obstructions that are necessary. You know, and to make a quick segue. Real quick, because it's pertaining to what you've been talking about. When does this kid from Dighton release the information? I think some of the information he released is an exception, too. 
I think it makes them a whistleblower, the things that we need to know. But getting back to the point that uh, you made about the, the those two, citing those two examples, you obviously you're very astute on this, and I would like you to talk to the mayor and point out a, a, the opposite, ones that you think are ridiculous. Well, what do you what do you think about, for example, the ones they put out on the south end of New Bedford, where they want to slow down traffic on the peninsula because people drive too fast down those those straightaway roads, so they put speed bumps out there during the tour season to kind of slow them down. Is that is that a place where that should be happening? Uh, because they do it during the tourist season, again, you're exercising wisdom. I, I mean, that, that's what I like to uh, to point out. You know, if we take a broad brush. We can say, oh, they're not, they're idiots, and no, they're not idiots at all. But we we got to admit, when we first started doing the bumps, it was all about speeding. It was really about it was kind of an angry thing, where uh, we can't enforce the law every day and be here and cite you people. So here, there, slow down now. Look at that. You know, you know. You know, I, I would I would say that uh, the, the spirit. I, I think that with the you name three now examples that are wonderful. It shows that there's conscientious in the city. There's wisdom there. The tourist season thing. I wasn't even aware of the fact that's a temporary deal. And there again, it shows that there's, there's, there's some people in this city who we elect to have the pulse of uh, community safety, safety, safety. And uh, I'm just glad as a talk master you're aware of that. You, you woke me up to a, to three, but you didn't blow up my argument at all. I, I, I still think that, that as much as possible, people should have the freedom, uh, especially when you're concerned in safety. I, I think every fire truck should have a straight shot. All right. Those well, three areas, no. Huh? Thank, but, uh, thank you for the call. But, uh, that's all I got this morning. I just run out of ammo here. <laughs> all right. You have a good day. Okay. You hit a speed bump in the conversation, I think. No? Okay. All right. <laughs> 508-996-0500. Caller, I'm going to take you in just one second, um, but I did just have some information that um, I just saw uh, that um, the Wareham Fire Department posted to its Facebook page uh, announcing the passing of former call Lieutenant Edmund P. Ed Florindo Jr. on April 12th after a long illness. And uh, and Eddie Florindo was a friend of mine, personal friend. I, I knew him for many, many years uh, serving him at Mill Pond Diner. And, you know, he was one of the customers that, that gave me the most grief over the years, but always with a smile on his face. Like he was, he was just doing it to, 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 to get a rise out of me. And, uh, and we actually became very friendly over the years. And, you know, a lot of those people I haven't seen since I left there. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's sad to know that, um, that he has passed, but if he has been sick for a long time, you know, hopefully, uh, he's at peace now. So, and uh, my condolences to the Florendo family and all the firefighters of Wareham, who are a very close knit community. And uh, I will, um, I will say some classic Eddieisms today in his honor. However, I will not say them on the air because they are not suitable for the broadcast airwaves. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hi. Good morning, Tim. How's it going? First, I want to say I just wanted to let you know. Sorry for your loss. Be friend down. Oh, thank you. And second, you guys were talking about that um, intersection where your your building is, that parking lot, and then um, I think the stopping shop across the way. That's a very dangerous intersection. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. People come flying off the highway, and then they, well, you got people scooting across both ways with the stopping shop over to your parking lot or vice versa. And then it narrows down to that one lane where they got those little barriers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, 
I, I, the the use of um, you know speed bumps would be really good in certain areas, and maybe using um, you know for, from preventing people from crossing over from either side. I think that's very dangerous right there. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, I see it all the time, and it's it's yeah. a, it's a pain to even get in or out of this parking lot. I've thought for years, should there be a light at the at, mm-hmm. you know for our parking lot and for stop and shop? Should they reconfigure maybe our entrance so that they're directly across from each other and there's an intersection there? And I don't know that you can with the other one so close, but it mm-hmm. just it it seems like it's it you're basically like hoping that when you pull out that the person isn't going to ram into you. But it's 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 dangerous, and I've seen a lot of things happen here over the years. Oh, I'm sure you have. I mean, I, let's just put it this way. I mean, you know, we're coming on to you know, we get springtime, we got the summer. The neck gets very busy. People fly down this road like like they're in a racetrack. Okay, and especially where I live, I live on Manhattan Ave, and there's a beach that goes down the end. People fly down this road. And I'd love to see some speed bumps on this road in Manhattan because. It's not the residents. It's the people who want to come from other places to go to this beach. And they don't know the area all that well. There's no stop signs at any of these crossroads off of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. But you've got people coming down one way. It's just, it's, it's really crazy here during the summer. And I hope they do something. You know, either step up the patrol, you know, in this area, um, because there's a lot of speeding. A lot of young kids riding, you know, their, their fast cars. You know, up and down, speeding, and, and just making you know, making a nuisance of themselves. I mean, I, I've been here, you know, late at night, you know, on Saturday nights doing spooky South Coast, and you still hear it. You still hear people drag drag racing up and down to uh, two forty. Yep. And I so, do you, do you think that they stop just when they get to the red light? No, they keep going down Skonic Neck Road. Absolutely, and they yeah, absolutely. I, I hear them all the time. So, yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. You know, I think, I hope they do something to make it a little safer for everybody, especially with the summer coming around. And if you're from here, around here, Tim, then then you know what's going on, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, uh, you're right. There does need to be something to to kind of curb it a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. It'd help. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Well, you have a good morning. You as well. 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500. You can also hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. You can also send us a voicemail using the open line feature on the WBSM app. But right now I am going to take my first break. We'll be back in a few moments. In 508-996-0500 or app chat on the WBSM app, open line on the WBSM app. And uh, I had mentioned to you before that the Wareham police, just for a fun post on their Facebook page, they put up the police log yesterday from 50 years ago. So from April 17th, 1973. And, you know, we talk a lot about how it's, it's, it's a lot different to be a police officer these days 
than it might have been, you know, 50 years ago for sure. And there's nothing that shows that more than seeing what that actually looked like, that police log. And the police were, you know, just straightforward about it. They just wanted to share. They said, what was happening 50 years ago today? So some of the things that they were dealing with, 727 AM, portable radio four, not placed in the recharger by the night shift. Now, if you remember rechargeable batteries in the early 1970s, it wasn't like this was something you could just throw on there and it would quick charge. Oh, they forgot to put it on the charger. Well, that's all right. Give it 45 minutes. We'll be good to go. No, these were like an eight to 10 hour charge. Uh, then there was some, you know, some, uh, some clerical stuff. The old section of Martin Street will be closed for the next three days. This one caught my attention. 8.47 a.m. There will be a blue van that will be recruiting paper boys. Could you imagine in 2023 if a van was driving around town looking to talk to teenage boys? Excuse me. Young man, can you come here for a moment? Do you want to be a paper boy? Uh, Angelo's Market requesting a bank escort. It must have been a good night the night before at Angelo's Market. It must have been a good day on on March uh, on uh, April 16th, 1973, that they wanted a police escort to bring the money over to the bank. And it's, it's funny because as I was writing it, I said, I'm going to have to explain what Angelo's was to some people. Some people might not recall. Now, I know, again, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in this area. I moved to Wareham when I was, I think, 14 or 15. No, 13. Uh, yeah, 13. So I knew there was one in Wareham. And we had one. Oh, it was a very popular chain. It was one of the biggest supermarket chains on the South Shore. But I'm trying to think. I know that we had them around when I was growing up in, in Plymouth and Randolph and Brockton. I don't remember there being one on the Cape when I lived there. But for you kids out there listening that don't remember Angelo's Supermarket, it merged with Purity, Purity Supreme. And then eventually Purity Supreme was bought out by Stop and Shop. Did I think did Stop and Shop also buy Star Market? I think so. We used to have a lot more grocery store options than we do now. Barry wrote one last week all about uh, all about Fernandes supermarkets. But yeah, Angelo's was looking for a bank escort. Uh, then you've got your, you know, your stuff that could happen in any day and age. Female reporting, strange man in the doorway. This, this was a, a good one. Male party reporting Sears 4 and 8-track player stolen from vehicle overnight. Somebody stole his 8-track player. How is he going to play Captain and Tennille's greatest hits as he drives around in his AMC Pacer? Come on. He needs that 8-track player. I had an 8-track player in uh, in my 78 Cadillac Eldorado. And at the time, you could still walk into the Salvation Army. Back when the Salvation Army was over in Mattapoisett, I'd walk in and I would go right over to the 8-track cassette section. They were like a quarter each. And I would buy a ton of 8-tracks because nobody else wanted them, so there was good stuff in there. 
and I had a big box of eight tracks that I kept in my caddy that I would, you know, play as I was driving around. And I, I remember driving in that, listening to my eight tracks of, you know, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, whatever else I could find, but then making sure I turned it off at nine o'clock for the top nine at nine on Fun 107. So I would know all the all the latest hits. So I'm, I'm you know, at, at the time, one of the big tracks was was Nas, If I Ruled the World. And I'm driving in my caddy going down Purchase Street in New Bedford. Windows down because that's the summertime. And the caddy didn't have air conditioning. And I'm, it, well, it did, but it didn't work. And I'm driving down the road bumping that. And I was like, man, this is the life. That That car had two batteries. One to run the you know the the vehicle itself, and one to run all the extra lights and additional features that it had. So, what else is on the police log from 50 years ago? Three small children drifted away from shore in a rowboat. Detective Murphy and Chief Bessie located the children. Uh, let's see, dog barking on Bayview Street. This was a favorite of mine. Mail reports kids digging up the yard of a house. Okay, I guess there were Karens even back in 1973. In this case, it was a Chad. But uh, mail reports, d- kids digging in the yard of a house. Uh, possible house broken into. Turns out there was no entry made. Uh, in, they added some from the time that I read this last night. They added in some of the officers that were involved. Uh, individual reporting that their neighbor's home was in darkness, which was unusual. This is at 8.55 p.m. So the, na- the neighbor might have gone to bed early. The nosy neighbor next door is like, I'm going to call the police. It shouldn't be dark in their house at 8.55. You're not allowed to go. Nobody's going to sleep early on my watch. Uh, And then female reported that her 1972 Nova was taken from her home. Nowhere in there is there any major drug busts. Nowhere in there is there anything about, you know, responding to speeding. Now, I don't know if they... If this is the entire log or if they took some stuff out. <laughs> Wareham police, you're upping your social media game. Update. One of our officers was able to follow up to the owner of the Ford A-Track player. Uh, he said that he was never able to get the player back, but the person who had taken it was identified. Wow. So they found out who took it, but they couldn't get it back. Man, I feel sorry for you. You didn't get to struggle with an A-Track player. Mm. Oh, you had to upgrade to one of those fancy new cassette players, I guess, huh? But, you know, what a difference, right? What a difference 50 years makes in the kind of calls. I mean, Wareham doesn't put their, their logs up uh, in, a, in a timely fashion or else I would pull the, the log from yesterday and, and compare it. But it's somebody made the comment on Facebook. It's, it's like Andy of Mayberry with some of those crimes. Like, yeah, imagine that. Imagine if your whole day, the the... the the most treacherous thing you responded to all day was there were some kids that, that uh, floated away from shore in a rowboat and you, you, you had to go and get them. Or if someone's, I guess, stealing a 72 Nova is a pretty big deal. Ho- hopefully they, they relocated the car. But it is a big difference between what, what police dealt with then and what they deal with now. 508-996-0500, app chat or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. Either way, we can interact with you. But you can check out that story and the link over to the Facebook post at WBSM.com and on the app. 
Um, I do want to take a, another break here. When we come back, I want to bring up, speaking of crimes, and I'm using that term loosely, uh, we'll say uh, failure to obey ordinances. One South Coast town sounded off yesterday in a Facebook group about loud music. And so I want to bring that up as we're getting into the season of people playing music outdoors when they're sitting out in their yards or mowing their lawns or doing yard work or whatever. Um, it was a really interesting discussion to kind of watch on the sidelines. And I'd like to talk with you about that when we come back. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. Number one song on April seventeenth, nineteen seventy-three. So while while the uh, the eight-track player was stolen out of that that person's car, the four tops might have been one of those eight tracks. That was the number one song uh, on this date, nineteen seventy-three. And uh, I cannot hear the four tops anymore without thinking of Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. Sorry, Levi Stubbs. It's all I can hear when I hear your voice now. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, you know what you got me thinking about is, um, you know, back in the day, I'm I'm 52 years old. So been around the block a little bit anyway. And um, I remember... Um, I guess it was maybe eight or ten years ago, a friend telling me about this this website called Pandora. <laughs> right. I was, I, I was like, I was like Pandora, and they're like, you got to try it. And I, and I said, why do I got to try it? They said, I said, this 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 website will learn what you like in music. I was like, what are you talking about? They said, you put a song in, and it, it's got it's got an algorithm. I didn't know what the hell an algorithm was or anything like that. And so I, I decided to try it, and boy, was I amazed. I, I was just thinking to myself, this might be the best thing ever. And I just, I know it's a matter of time before they start charging me, you know, an arm and a leg for this, but they haven't. They haven't. I don't know how they do it. I, I guess it's advertising or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's ad, ad supported. I mean, there's a lot of different streaming services, too. Like, I use a couple different ones, uh, but I. I love the fact that I don't have to carry my entire music collection around with me anymore. Like I used to, you know, when I had a cassette player in my car, I had, I literally had a giant like restaurant egg box, cardboard box full of cassette tapes that I just kept in the back of like my Trans Am. And I'd have to like root through it to find whatever I wanted to play at that time. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, um, I mean, the, the availability of, of online music is, is such a great thing to begin with, but, um, I, I, I hopefully they've figured it out. I'm not, you know, I'm not at the industry level, but hopefully they've figured out how to to compensate the artists and everything else um, for the fact that we're not out there purchasing albums anymore. I mean, I remember when album covers were, you know, they were the biggest thing ever. And um, but now my my point is is that that somehow I mean there's there's somehow Pandora has made it so you can still use the service. 
And, you know, Netflix and everything else, they I mean, they just keep going up and up in their prices. But as long as you don't mind a couple of ads, you know, you you can utilize Pandora. And that algorithm to this day is still going to give you recommendations based on what you l- listen to and what you like. I mean, that's like going to a restaurant and ordering something that you like and then them coming out, and, you know, with a bite of each and saying, you know, well, try this. If you like that, you probably might like this. Well, and, you, you know what I liken it to is when we used to go to the record store. And the guy behind the counter would say, oh, you, you, you're buying this? Did you ever hear of these guys? Or did you right. know that he used to be in this band? Oh, you should check this out. You know, so it's like you have somebody who has that curated knowledge. Hey, hey, I have a question for you, and maybe your listeners could help. But there used to be a place in Fairhaven where you could actually bring in uh, your, your used records, and you could buy new stuff or used stuff. And I can't are you, are you thinking remember. Of, are you thinking of words of music? Yes. The one over by Walmart? Yes. Yep. (laughs) That's exactly what I was... Oh, my God. I can't wait to tell my friends. We were all talking about it, and none of us could remember. One of my favorite Um, stores of all time. That was really... What a great concept, and uh, uh, I can't believe it's gone. I I figured it would take off. I really did. But anyway, thanks for taking my call. All right. Thank you for the call. Have a great day. And uh, if you want to call in and chime in, 508-996-0500. Yeah, that was... So when I was, uh, a, you know, I, I was going to say a teenager, but it actually extended into my, my 20s. I don't, I, it was, I don't remember how old I was when Words of Music closed, but that was a sad day. But my trips to, to Fairhaven from Wareham would always be, you know, go to Bowler's Country Club or go to Pockets to play pool. Pop into strawberries, especially. I don't think this strawberries did concert tickets. I remember buying my concert tickets. I would either buy my concert tickets at the strawberries in Dartmouth, or I would buy them at Ann and Hope in Dartmouth. And then I still remember. I forget what I forget what it was. Oh, was it a concert or was it or was it wrestling? I don't know, but I remember. Sending Matt Costa was working with me at the diner and we wanted to get tickets to something. And I was like, you know, I could just cover the grill myself and you could go to Ann and Hope and wait in line. <laughs> and so we did. Uh, but, um, the, uh, the, the, those trips would always include a, a, a visit to words and music because that was the place that I would go to buy. You know, I, I would buy you, uh, new stuff there now and then, but for the most part, I would make a beeline for the used section. And go back and get used cassettes, used CDs. And I was mentioning how I had that big cardboard egg box full of cassette tapes. I mean, I collected a lot of them over the course of my my childhood. And for the most part, I took care of them. So you would get the one that every once in a while would unspool and you wouldn't, or you'd cr- it would crack or something. But for the most part, I I kept all of my cassettes in pretty good shape. But then I would go and get used ones there because they would have a big bin of them. It's like 50 cents for any cassette. Some of them were full-length cassettes. Some of them were casingles. I used to love casingles. I used to love just buying the song that I wanted and not having to, to buy the whole album. Especially for like some of the pop hits. But I would always go back to that used section, see what they had. And I would go through every single one. And be like, you know what? 
I've never heard of this band. Well, I've heard about this band, but I've never heard of this band. And it's only $1.99 for the CD, so I'm going to buy it. And if I don't like it, I can bring it back. And I can sell it back to them for credit. It was always, it was such a great thing. That and uh, and Kenmark Books and Wareham. Kenmark Books was the place to go. And, and, and unfortunately, I don't think not enough people knew about it. Somewhere Barry's driving in right now and he's listening and he's like, absolutely Kenmark Books. He had to have known Kenmark Books. I can't imagine that he didn't being the, the huge book collector that he is. But it was a, a very unassuming building on the Cranberry Highway that when you walked in, it just looked like, you know, there were some, some magazine racks and uh, some shelves with some books on it around the exterior of, you know, the uh, perimeter of the room. Maybe a few new hardcovers up uh, up by the the register, but you know it was it wasn't really anything that really grabbed your attention. It was very much like Newsbreak was before um, that closed down, and now it's now it's Purchase Street Records. But it was like walking in and seeing all those magazines everywhere and some books here and there. But when you went down into the basement of Kenmark Books, that's when you were like, okay, I know what I'm doing for the rest of the day now. And you would just go through, and there was just. There was not only were there shelves and shelves and shelves in a couple of different rooms of this basement filled with with paperbacks for sale, but there were stacks of them in the middle of the room. It was, and I was going to say it was probably a fire hazard, and it was because the place burned down. But I would just spend hours there rooting through and you know getting all these different books that I wanted and building up my library. And then if you if you went and you read a book and you said, you know what? Because it's, it's hard. It's hard when I get a book for me to part with it again. You know, I want to hold on to it because I will reread it eventually. But sometimes you read something and you're like, I don't know that I'll ever read that. But you would just go back and you would sell them back to him. And he would give you credit. And if you took good care of it, he would give you pretty close to what you paid for it. And it was such a great system. And I'm sure he didn't make a huge profit, but... It, you know, he he was able to be there every single day and keep it open, and and uh, and it was certainly one of my favorite places, and I miss it. I wish I could open up a place like that again. I actually thought about it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's see, I can squeeze in a call here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yes, good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Um, okay, I, I was just uh, listening to your last call and listening to you about a record place closed down. That's not the one. On uh, Bridge Street, across from the uh, Bank Bank Drive Through, is it? No, no, no. He's you no know, Max J Records is still open. This was oh, okay. um, th- this was a this was a place that you know came about in the 1990s and probably closed in the early 2000s. Oh, okay, because I was going to remind you about the one on Bridge Street. I'm sorry. Nope they do they do a great job over there, and it's great because you've got Max J Records and then you've got Purchase Street Records a little bit further down the road. But they're kind of you know they they cater to two different types of audiences. So between the two, you know it's 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 great for people who are record collectors to come down and visit both because you're going to find something in each shop that you're going to want. Right, right. All right, my my friend, have a good day, okay? You as well. Take care. 508-996-0500. And, uh, man, how good did we have it to go over and buy used used music at Words and Music on the cheap, used books at Kenmark Books and other places on the cheap. You know, uh, it was was a great time. But as that physical media has gone away, I mean, books have held on. But I don't think that it's, first of all, they're not nearly what they were in the 90s and the early 2000s. And the same with the music business.
you know, that's why it's great to have these record shops and have this interest in vinyl again because it actually has people going out and buying physical media. You know what else is making a comeback, oddly? Cassette tapes. The younger generation loves cassette tapes. I like to impress them and say, you know, back in my day, I had a cassette player in my car. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Well, you're rich. And uh, not only that, but it had a button on it that would, you could press it and it would fast forward to the song, but then stop itself before the next song started. What? (laughs) 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. go l7 that's one of the the bands that i i bought the cassette over at words and music for 50 cents drove around listening to that in my 82 trans am god i miss that car my 85 was better like it was it was a better car it had the t-tops it had the bird on the hood like it was it, it, it was a much much cooler car but my first one my 82 so many good memories in that car. Anyway, I got a message here from Dave who says, eight tracks. There are to this day tunes where I still hear the fade for the mid-song track change. See, that's if, if you don't remember eight tracks, that's what they would do. They would, in the middle of the song, it would change from one, one track to the other, so one, you know, one, one tape to the other. So you would have these fade outs that would come in. I remember Led Zeppelin 2, one of the, what was it, Whole Lot of Love would do it during the drum solo. And that was one of the ones that I had in my, my caddy. And so it was, it, it would like fade out and then the tape would change and then it would fade back in. And it's like, oh, pretend that never happened. Let's just pretend it never happened. And if you had the good high quality ones, especially if you had a good high quality player, it would happen very quickly. It would move move the tape along very quickly and you wouldn't really get as much of that fade. See, I, I think my caddy had an AC Delco in it. I know my Trans Am had an AC Delco in it, which I've heard Boston Acoustics in cars. I've heard Bose in cars. I've heard all kinds of sound systems in cars. But to me, those AC Delco sound systems from the GM products were still the best. So I don't think, I don't know if that was what was in my caddy. I know it was definitely in my 